Hi, I'm JP. And I'm Adam. I've never seen Lost. I have. I'm told that it's good. I liked it. I'm told that it made sense. Sort of. But we're watching it out of order. So it definitely won't make sense. But it might still be good. Since we won't expect it to make sense, we'll still be able to appreciate each episode on its own merits as a one-hour story. Sometimes two or three. As opposed to just a fraction of an ongoing, sprawling, and increasingly complex tangle of relationships, personal stories, mysteries, mythologies, experiments, social dynamics, unnatural disasters, unanswered questions, and hot tropical hookups. Are you okay? I'm not sure. Because you lost me a little bit there at the end. Good, because I've been lost since the beginning. We're We're lost lost on Lost. Welcome everybody to Lost on Lost. My name is Adam Busher and I'm joined as always by J.P. Russell. That's me. Now, J.P., before we get started, I have to make a retraction, I suppose. Oh, yeah. you messed up. Yeah, I feel like the New York Times. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you, what did you mess up? Uh, two episodes ago, so about a month ago, we had, uh-huh. uh, we had Carter Waddle on. Uh, for for our uh, we did uh, we did I do right yeah and during that episode um I said that I I I made reference to uh, the time in my past when I used to party with 2008 NBA MVP Dwayne Wade <laughs> yes <laughs> former lost on lost guest and uh, and a friend of a uh, friend of both you and me uh, Noah Totsky he texted me <laughs> actually he snapchatted me uh, after the episode. Uh, premiered, uh, and he informed me that I had made a, 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 a tragic mistake. Oh, what what was the mistake? So, so I, I I said that I used to party with 2008 NBA MVP Dwayne Wade. It turns uh-huh. out that he was not the 2008 NBA MVP. He was the 2006 NBA Finals MVP. Wow, wow. So, so I I've, I've been telling this anecdote wrong for. What? How does it feel to be canceled, dude? I mean, <laughs> I, ne- I never thought I would. I never thought I would be find myself in this position. How and, embarrassing! And I, I just, I, what I need to do is, I need to, I need to apologize to all the people that this has affected, um, which is only Carter, because I told no. the, because I told him this story ten thousand times. <laughs> you've been telling this story for so long that you've told it to me. I forgot it, and then you got to tell it to me for the first time again. <laughs> Yes. So, turns out Dwayne okay. Wade is the uh, 2006 uh, NBA Finals MVP, not the 2008 NBA MVP. Um, so, you know, I just got just had to make that right. So, appreciate yeah. the appreciate the call out, Noah, for for that huge NBA slash Lost crossover <laughs> audience that we have. That was so mad. Uh, <laughs> I suppose that does describe Noah. That's, so. exa- that's exactly Noah. <laughs> Yeah, and Nick Brandle. And Nick Brandle, yeah, Cody yeah, Brandle. Okay. He was probably screaming at his car radio on the way to... <laughs> um, the other thing, uh, the other little bit of business I want to get into before we get started is we have our first listener question. Oh, is it either of our moms? <laughs> it, uh, is it, it is not. Is it why we don't call more? That I mean, we should both probably both call home more. But, De- definitely. But, yeah. that, uh, but, no, but no, it comes from, comes from my little bro, Chris Danger Waters. Nice. Yeah, he emailed us over at the we are lost on lost at gmail.com where you can email us your questions if you ever have them. Uh, but he asked uh, he asked us um, in each episode of Lost on Lost we talk about uh, the episode is written uh, written by you know whoever Damon Lindelof, Carlton Cuse, and directed by whoever you know Stephen Williams. And 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 every episode is directed 
by a different person. Now he he knew that you know each episode of TV be written by a different person, but he doesn't understand. His his question is why does each episode have a different director? Mm, very good question. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and this just you know I I work in TV, so like I kind of forgot that this isn't common knowledge. But there there's one very primary and important reason why they do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's primarily scheduling. Yeah. Um, <laughs> making television is a huge undertaking. It involves hundreds of people, just like a film. Um, but the primary difference between a film and an episode of television is that when when you're uh, when you're making a movie, you you spend some time prepping, uh, you know, scouting locations, tech scouting, uh, you know, doing punch up on the script, casting, blah, 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 doing all that stuff. As soon as that stuff's over, you start shooting, you shoot the movie. As soon as the movie's over, you and the, mm-hmm. the director and the editor and the producers head off to the post-production and they cut it up and they, they send it out to theaters. In TV, we have all the same steps, but the thing about each episode of television is that as soon as you finish prepping one episode, you got to start prepping the other, the next one. Right. Yeah. It, it does. There, there's a ton of overlap in terms of like, you need to be shooting constantly and like, Meanwhile, stuff still needs to be edited, stuff still needs to be pre-produced, and one person can't deal with all three phases of production simultaneously. Yeah. So so you have three directors working on a show at any given time. You have one director prepping while mm-hmm. one director shooting. And while those two are doing that, the third director is in post-production on their episode. And that's all happening in the same eight to ten given days of a shooting schedule. And especially, I mean, it, that still happens very common today. But also, I mean, this is in the day of like 22 mm-hmm. plus episodes per season. So that's like directing like 11 movies, you know, like <laughs> simultaneously. Right. Which would be bonkers for some yeah. one person to do. Right. So that's the that's the big reason, Chris. Uh, scheduling. It's too much for one, uh, too much for one director. And there's just so much, there's so much loss that needs to be made that had to get they had to get kevin hooks to do one episode (laughs) (laughs) that's a good question though that's like a serious question it's not like would you give bernard a reach around which is what i was expecting but like (laughs) yeah and 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 we 100 appreciate real questions just as much as we appreciate joke questions so thank you so much chris one last piece of business i want to thank uh not only chris but several other folks have uh dropped us they, they bought us a coffee uh, we've got the coffee tip jar uh, over at ko-fi.com yeah, slash we are lost on lost. So you know, th- thanks for the th- thanks for the tips. Uh, thanks for the coffees, y- y'all. Keep them coming. We appreciate it, and we appreciate you. The exchange rate is uh, one Los Angeles coffee to seventy-seven Milwaukee coffees. So uh, do with that information what you will. We should probably put that on the coffee page. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What do you say we get into it? Let's get into it. Let's do it. Today, we are talking about Confidence Man, the eighth episode of season one and the eighth episode overall. Our centric character is James Sawyer Ford. Confidence Man takes place on the ninth and tenth days after the crash of Oceanic 815. JP. Yes. You got the recap ready? I got that recap ready. All right. Give us the recap. We dive into the pre-crash life of world's worst collared con man Sawyer, or whatever the fuck his real name is. Jack tries to solve the medical woes of future dead siblings Boone and Shannon. (laughs) Saeed gets his hands and Sawyer's hands a little dirty. Son proves once again that she's the only real adult in the room, and Charlie's losing his goddamn mind. Perfect. Our guest today is a one Mike Hire. Welcome to the show, Mike. Yay. Hey, thanks for having me. 
Yeah. Uh, Mike, tell us a little bit about yourself. We, we usually like to start with asking our guests, uh, are they a fan of Lost? Um, did you watch Lost in its original run? I did. I watched it as it was airing. I'm a fan of definitely parts of the show. Um <laughs> Certainly the first season. I'm kind of happy that you guys gave me an episode from the season that I consider to be the show's best. But overall, I enjoyed the show uh, for all of its problems. And and those are my problems. I mean, if, if you I, I haven't listened to the rest of this podcast. So if you guys are doing nothing but praising it. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I would say that that's yeah, not exactly <laughs> where we're at. OK. Well, you know, it, it's it's not a perfect show, but it's certainly an entertaining one. So I, I enjoyed it. That's a that's a pretty good way to put it. Yeah. Uh, and Mike, you are well. Well, tell us about your yourself uh, a little bit. What uh, what do you do? Uh, I was uh, I lived and worked in L.A. for uh, four years. I think I worked on a bunch of different TV shows, and then I moved back to Wisconsin. And uh, now I have a boring office job by day, and then by <laughs> night I. I work as a podcaster with my friend Noah. Is this is this local celebrity Noah Totsky? It is. He was uh, on your show. Yeah, very good. Mike, what do you what do you TV do you get into currently? Like what's your uh what's your go-to like sort of TV watch uh nowadays here 15 years after Lost has been <laughs> <laughs> I'm still I'm still into mystery box stuff. Uh, one of our uh, listeners submitted uh, a thing to our podcast to watch for me to watch the German TV show Dark, which you can see on Netflix. Yes, yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah. Is right up my alley, and especially if you're into Lost, I thoroughly recommend it. It's got time travel, it's got dead kids, which I'm saying is a positive, but it's not really a positive. Uh, it's fucking Carl Winslow just running around going, I shot a kid. <laughs> No, it's really good. It's uh, Stranger Things meets True Detective. Oh, I, I heavily encourage anybody who's into Lost to check that out for sure. For sure. Yeah, I heard, I heard you guys talking about that just a couple of weeks ago, and it had been on my list of things to watch for a long time. And I was like, oh, actually, I've actually now heard somebody else watch the show. So that moves yeah. it up, actually hearing other people talk about it and praise it. So absolutely. Awesome. Good stuff. Uh, should we get into it? Should we talk about let's get uh, into it? Let's talk yeah. about this older show that mm -hmm. used to be on the air. <laughs> Uh, Confidence Man. Uh, Confidence Man originally aired on November 10th, 2004. It was written by uh, Big Damo, Damon Lindelof. Yeah. Uh, who we've talked about a little bit before. And Tucker Gates, who we've also mentioned once or twice in the past. Damon Lindelof is, uh, I think, probably a more recognizable name than Tucker Gates. But Tucker Gates is a, a working TV director, did a handful of Alias, did a handful of Lost, uh, went on to do the new Bates Motel, did some uh, couple episodes of uh, the Orville. He did the morning show. Did he show. do any Quantum Leap? Uh, no, no, no Quantum Leap. Then I don't give a fuck what he did. <laughs> Can I can I just mention the the credits were going and the cinematographer on this episode is a guy named Larry Fong and I'm like I recognize that name so I I am the beat him and he went on to shoot uh, most of Zack Snyder's movies. Oh no uh, way! Yeah, sure. so I was like, there's a little like you, you know good for him for still working. Yeah, that's cool. Very cool. 
I, I feel like the the show like lost. I don't think we've really talked about this before. Mike brings up a good point. I th- I feel like this kind of there was a, a decent crop of people that worked in on the show in different capacities who went on to do bigger and better things. We had already mentioned in the past Drew Goddard, um, who went on to create uh, Daredevil and uh, he wrote The Martian or something like that. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. So like uh, you know there were yeah Larry Fong. There was a handful of people who went on to do. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of interesting things. Yeah, and I don't know. I I think I just have an unhealthy relationship with Batman versus Superman for whatever reason. So I must Doesn't have seen everybody. the. Cr- <laughs> <laughs> it's very much a love hate thing with Mike. <laughs> it is. Is the, the that's not the Snyder cut thing. The, the that's Justice League. Right? No, that's that's Justice League. Okay. Which uh, I just saw like a thing or a headline for or whatever that it's gonna that cut is gonna be four hours long. And they're going to release it in four weekly one-hour chunks. I saw, like it's, a God, like, it's a goddamn TV show. Like, get, oh. get fucked. What are you doing? I can't even, like, I don't know what people are going to assume that that cut of Justice League is going to be, but, like, it's not going to fix it. Oh, no. no. There's, a, there's a musical number in the middle. I, I hope. I, I hope that everybody watches it and they're like, this is Oscar-worthy. What the fuck happened? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Um, All right, let's fucking do it. Um, This episode, uh, I'm glad we're doing a season one episode uh, because on the show here, we've had a string of not season one episodes. Which, yeah, a little rough. which having not season one episodes this early in the podcast run is leaning into the premise of the show pretty heavily. Uh, JP and I uh, are totally spun around <laughs> 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 and it's nice to kind of get back to maybe it's like sort of some foundational information about what's going on in this show. This oh. was a dumb idea for a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, who who's dumber, the guy who came up with it, or the guy who was like, "Let's ha- let's fucking do it." That's actually a really good idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interest. It was interesting watching the episode because there's obviously a lot of stuff that either pays off or doesn't pay off as you watch the show, mm-hmm. and so to see John Locke as kind of this enigmatic mystery figure versus like the big bad at the end of the show mm-hmm. was really interesting. Yeah. Cause I hadn't gone back. I can't remember the last time I probably watched this episode when it originally aired and I haven't seen it since. So it's kind of cool. It's like, you know, it's, it's like throwing uh, the end of a movie on or something while you're eating, uh, which I don't do that. Who does that? I, I <laughs> jog and eat at the same time. Um, but like, it's really interesting to go, oh my god, uh, I going back to your recap, JP, I forgot Boone's name for most of the episode. <laughs> He's pretty forgettable. <laughs> I was, But then out loud to myself, I was like, how does he die? And just couldn't remember. So I'll listen to your podcast to eventually figure it out. <laughs> One of the best parts about Boone's death is that we also don't know how he dies. We saw, we saw the first episode of the show after the pilot was the episode where he dies. Oh. But, but we don't know that what but, caused but it. Whatever caused it was in the episode before that. So we're just watching <laughs> Boone die. No idea what happened to him. Oh, God. It so was, anytime he's on awesome. screen, I'm just like, all right, let's 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 just get to the next scene here. We, I don't fucking care. I, I was talking with Haas last night. We've subjected ourselves to a lot of character death here in the first, like, 10 or yeah. 11 episodes of the show. Like, yeah, we, for sure. Boone's dead. Shannon's dead. Who? Uh, Echo's so, dead. Echo's dead. Ana Lucia's dead. Libby's dead. 
bed. Like, yeah, <laughs> this is all happening real early. Uh, now, how many of those were because the actors got arrested for drunk driving and then got fired? <laughs> Doesn't that happen to like a bunch? It, it's it's at least two. the The producers yeah. never went out and said flat out, "Hey, we're firing Michelle Rodriguez and uh, and Cynthia Watros because they got DUIs." But it did not help their. Uh, <laughs> it's not not that. Yeah, it's not not that. But um, it's, yeah, it certainly didn't help. The sad thing about Echo leaving was uh, Otto Wallet just didn't want to be in Hawaii for that long anymore, and so he just was like, "I'm done being on Lost. One season was good enough for me," and they wrote him out. How do you not want to? Be- be in Hawaii. I mean, he's he's an English actor. I think he lives in London most of the time, anyway. So uh, I, I think that might be yeah, part that'll of it. Do it. But yeah, so this, this episode opens with uh, Sawyer in bed with a lady. Ooh, yeah. And so I don't know if this counts as a hot tropical hookup, but this ups. Yeah, so this uh, ups I think so. Sawyer's body count to three now. Yeah. Um, so this 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 woman, uh, he's talking with her. Sawyer's talking with this woman. Her name's Jessica, and he's like doing the bedroom eyes, uh, doing the pillow talk, and everything like that. And then she mentions to him some sort of meeting he's got to run off to, and he's running late. And it's like, oh, it's at three thirty. Oh, it's three twenty eight. Oh, cue the Saved by the Bell theme. <laughs> I bet you're wondering how I got here. Um, <laughs> here's the thing. This this deal. This is a three hundred thousand dollar deal. Yeah, it's like an oil. It's it's an oil deal, right? Yeah. No. no on no planet i do not care how much you like this woman that you're hooking up with no way would you forget to set some sort of alarm to go to this meeting (laughs) right yeah no way would you be like it's in two minutes she'd be like don't you have a meeting at 3 30 yeah who cares well it's 2 45 shouldn't you get your shit together oh yeah i probably should (laughs) Yeah, it's there is a definite sort of overall ambiance in this, especially in this scene, that he just started being a confidence man. That's right? what I assume. Right. Because not but then not only that, the woman is the dumbest mark in the history of marks. Yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous to have her be like, What <laughs> Maniz? Yeah. You have a briefcase? This fucking briefcase trick that he pulls where he pulls it off the thing and it pops open. He's like, oh, you weren't supposed to see that. He does that more than once in this show. Like, it's his go-to con. (laughs) And it's the dumbest (laughs) fucking trick. Like... It's I, so dumb. I don't remember him doing it. I don't remember him doing it more than once. I definitely know that the fact that he has a conscience, he'd be dead. Oh, yeah. Like, from what I know about narrative confidence men, <laughs> the minute you develop a conscience is the minute you start getting chased and hunted and stuff. Right, right. That's, well, that's the and, thing and, that happens and, at the end of the, close to the end of the first act, which actually leads to the rest of the movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and we're going to learn throughout this whole thing, Sawyer's sort of inner demons are very like confused in his own head mm-hmm. in terms of like he's he's dealing with a lot of stuff he's got a lot of maturing to do i feel mm-hmm. like sawyer doesn't know how to be an adult super well because like his ability to be a con man isn't great but then also what's going on in the island what he subjects himself to is overall just meaningless mm-hmm. so like uh, i don't know sawyer's got a lot of grown up to do in my eyes yeah oh i I don't know if you guys want to jump forward to the uh, to the torture sequence, but this that's like the single dumbest thing that happens in this episode, as far as I'm yeah. concerned. Let, let, let's cover that when we when we uh, switch okay. over to the island stuff. But yeah, I, I, I feel like we're probably all going to be in agreement on that note. Yeah. 
<laughs> Sawyer ropes uh, Jessica into this thing. Um, he just like hook, line, and sinker. She falls for it. Like, like you said, dumbest mark ever. She's just like, well, what if my husband had a bunch of money and could get into this oil scam with you? Would that help? <laughs> <laughs> what if I created another meeting for you? <laughs> Uh, so, do either of you recognize uh, her husband? Uh, I do, but I couldn't tell you from what. So, that is uh, Michael DeLuise. That's Dom DeLuise's son, one of his two sons. Yeah. I, I was introduced to him in Sequest DSV. <gasps> nice. Oh, my God. And yes. But he went on. He's You look at his IMDb. He has done a ton of television writing. Oh, really? He he did a lot of Stargate SG-1. Oh. He was also in Gilmore Girls. Uh, he, he's he's just a, like a bit part actor, but he's done a ton of writing and producing on the back end. So he's, oh, wow. The guy's done a lot of Hollywood. Yeah, this guy's I definitely got a recognize ton him. of stuff. Wow. Yeah, I definitely recognized him for sure. Yeah. Um, as one I just, of those, I like, really just hey. wanted to bring up Sequest DSV and Stargate, so like that's you know that's the only reason I bring it up. <laughs> this, uh, good thing to bring up, which brings me to by looking at his IMDb, he was also an Encino man, which is pretty neat. <laughs> wow, <laughs> is he a caveman? I think he's one of uh, one of the jock dickheads that harasses Sean Astin the entire time. Yes, he okay. is. Okay. Anytime you can bring up a Encino man on a Lost podcast, you're you're doing okay. <laughs> and we can check that segment off the list for today. Uh, mention Encino man. Check and double check. Uh, so Sawyer and Jessica go to meet with the husband David Michael DeLuise <sighs> in a tour de force performance. Um, this is I wrote this down and I I always write down in capital letters when I have a note uh, uh, that I make sure I don't want to forget. Sawyer looks like a con man. Yes. Yes. Why would anybody ever go into business with him? He okay, yeah, he's wearing a suit and a tie, but he's got slicked back, chin length hair, and nine days worth of stubble on his face. No, this guy's not a businessman. He's a fucking right. grifter. Like, I, and he, I, I and literally he looks wrote like it. Because we see everyone so disheveled, you know, on the beach and, and everyone's, you know, whatever. Like, yeah, putting on a suit and tie and a collared shirt, like, looks great for him. However, he still looks like a fucking scumbag. Right. And and he's the only person whose off-island appearance and on-island appearance is exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite my favorite part about that is uh, at the end of, like, the scene, he's like, you know what, guys? You're obviously not for this. Forget it. I'm going to walk away. And then he stands up and he gets, like, three steps before the husband is like, wait. And then he gets this, like, Cheshire cat smile on his face. <laughs> That a normal person would notice is way too long to not be looking at them. <laughs> like, it's like the guy is like sitting there and I wanted him to be like, are you smiling? Are you? <laughs> did you hear me? Are you? Yeah, did you? <laughs> Come on. Do you want to turn around? Why are you spending 20 seconds not looking at our table? <laughs> like you've stopped walking. <laughs> do, you, do you have a con man boner? What? <laughs> <laughs> it is it, it's such a small thing but and obviously it's a tv show so right. that's not what you should be focusing on but it was one of those things where i was like okay if i didn't realize that he was a grifter like until that point that's what sealed it yeah and we we learn 
immediately after this if it wasn't impossibly obvious to the audience that he is in fact a con man uh we see we see him meet with someone who's bankrolling part of this operation Mm -hmm. at a pool hall uh and basically just spells out the whole the whole thing Mm -hmm. and and he's he's mad too he need like he wants to he's gonna put the juice on like sawyer's gotta pay up tomorrow plus 50 Mm percent because he's he's done with sawyer's shit right and he knows how to make people hurt (laughs) under the chin with a pool cue and i'm just like this is i i'm intimidated here sitting on my couch (laughs) (laughs) shaking Um, in my booties but like honestly do we need that scene i know it's i know it's essential in in the mind of the show Mm -hmm. but like really what what what's accomplished by it well so i asked the same thing um and i think it it plays into something with the next scene if we just want to jump right into that where where he's trying to seal the deal um with his potential marks no i would love Um, to i would love to hear the answer to this question because i agree with mike uh on this well okay so he he is about to seal the deal uh-huh. with with uh you know the the couple he, who he's about to to rip off mm-hmm. and then apparently he's stricken with the fucking dead zone when he sees this child uh, <laughs> and just locks up and can't do it because he sees himself in this child and doesn't doesn't want to subject the child to what to what he went through. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. When he walks, when he storms out of their mansion, he leaves both briefcases. He doesn't he have does. the money. He does. He does? Yeah. yeah. No, I need he, to fucking he, start paying more no, no, attention. No, 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 You're right. Oh, he, he, okay. He, he does not take either briefcase. Yep. Sure. Okay. He is so stricken with conscience that not he only just does he runs leave, a- Yeah, he leaves David's money there, but then he also leaves the money that he was hypothetically supposed to pay back to this loan shark. Like, that's hot. Right. <laughs> so, so I'm guessing that, like, if we get another Sawyer flashback, he will be dealing with that loan shark, uh, would be my guess. I mean, we know that he ends up in Australia, so I don't know if that has... You know, that plays up into it, but uh, so, not really. The, the, I, maybe, I remember the reason why he ends up in Australia, and it's it's not really related to this dude. It's a different thing that's happening. Uh, Sawyer's whatever. Okay, whatever. I, I couldn't stand the the reveal of the kid because <sighs> the, the idea that this is the first time that that's happened to him right. is ludicrous, especially if his whole thing is to have sex with women and then drive them into the like this con. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The odds that they're all childless. Yep. Single, Sorry. no kids. Yeah. Or, or married, <laughs> no kids. Like, just... Right. Yeah, especially, especially if part of the grift is, like, either hooking up with rich women or hooking up with rich married women to, to burn their husbands. Like... Right. Yeah. Does he go yeah, on Craigslist I, and just like look for married couples, no kids? <laughs> yeah, must must have no kids, dash, trauma related, dash, mine not yours. <laughs> yeah, and uh I don't know if you guys noticed, but like that fucking kid, they clearly had some performance issues because his one line that he delivers is done ADR, like off screen. <laughs> Uh, otherwise, it is just hobbled together shots of this kid looking confused, to, to say the least. The kids, yeah. just, they're like, oh, you got to be scared or be innocent or like, does he have the shining? I don't know. 
it's not great Mo- and no it, it's not necessarily the kids fault but like most kids can't act they just don't have the skills that you know acting is a skill and mm-hmm. it, it's like a muscle you gotta exercise it most kids don't know how to do that most kids can listen to an adult say do this and then they do do that to the best of their ability fuck that man what was that what was that movie with steve carell the little little miss sunshine that little girl was fantastic she was about the same age well and that, like i said most children there are a, a lot of talented child actors and yeah abigail breslin obviously one of them uh, yeah get get her for that role she would have been great was she even born yet probably not they she she might have been a little bit too much of a of an ask considering what the part entailed <laughs> <laughs> it's like just stand there just contact abigail breslin's agent yeah we uh, we need we need got a one-liner on uh, on lost all you gotta say is uh, are you my real dad or something i don't even know what the part is um but we'll, we'll get you seven thousand dollars for the day uh and, and the agent's like do you know who you're calling about <laughs> yeah you're calling about little miss sunshine man the title character little miss sunshine figure it out even when when the kid walks into the room, they're like, "What are you doing up, slugger, or whatever?" It's the middle, like, of, the it's the middle of the day. And she's like, "Are you feeling better?" I'm like, "We're we're establishing a lot of backstory for this fucking kid that doesn't even have a real line." Kid's nocturnal. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. That would that would actually way creepier. We don't know why he's here. He usually sleeps during the day. <laughs> and then and then oh. Sawyer runs out terrified, and now we've got a whole yeah. new layer. Ah. Ah, it's a vampire kid. <laughs> Is that your son? We don't have a son, but a little boy died here 40 years ago. Oh, man. Um, and that's that's pretty much the end of the flashback. Yeah, I just, think so. Sawyer's a bad con man. Yeah, not great at it, it seems like. So let's talk about what's uh, what's happening on the island. Um, day nine. Yeah, Sawyer's not great at doing island stuff either. God, uh, except like uh, being nude. That's yeah. A, this is a primary. This is a primary island thing that I. If I were stranded on a tropical island, it would not take me until day nine to be walking around my shirt off all the time. I don't know why. I don't know why all the male male characters are not topless constantly, and they're wearing fucking like jeans. Jeans. Yep. No, it's if it, I would have spent more than twenty minutes fucking on a tropical island, deserted jorts immediately. Yeah. I don't fucking care. Right. Locke's got the case. Knives cut off the legs of every pair of jeans. Yes, if it, 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 both it's practical and it's awesome. Jack starts to rip off all of his sleeves, but I yeah. think that's to show his hideous tattoo. <laughs> I can't wait to watch Stranger in a Strange Land. It's going to be so much fun. Uh. <laughs> um, so Sawyer's bathing or whatever, or just swimming, or just, I don't know. But Kate is comes in and sees him, and she comes out, and we get a little bit of a uh, little bit of uh, dick talk, like "Oh, it must be cold." And he's like, "Oh, you have no idea," or whatever. But he's just he's be- this is just like this is creepy behavior from Sawyer. Yes, like, it really is. Not not the first time. Certainly won't be the last time. But like he's like he could have been like, "Hey." Kate, I, I'm naked. I'm going to come out of the water. If you want to see my dong, please stay there. But if you would rather not, I want to give you the opportunity <laughs> to turn away or leave. He does not the, do that. Just walks out with a shit-eating grin on his face. Look at my dick. Gross. <laughs> the The first time that she she says something to the the effect of like, "What do you want?" and well, unfortunately, he doesn't reply with a Whopper Junior. But um. <laughs> Like, you know, he he replies with, you know, huh, how about a kiss? You know, and while like it's kind of like, uh, that's gross. Yeah. I could see how if you were to just say it once. Yeah. 
like it it could be like okay if somebody's into that that sort of more aggressive straightforward behavior that's fine right the amount of times that he asks specifically for a kiss mm-hmm. and says the word kiss mm-hmm. it's borderline dis uh, no it's I not mean, borderline yeah, it's yeah, not borderline, borderline. Yep. it's yeah. just straight up gross yeah the, the the thing about it is obviously realizing how damaged Sawyer is is like you know is he doing it on purpose because he's trying to be creepy or is he unaware whatever it's probably he's, right. he's you know he's likely doing it on purpose to be a to be a jerk and to be you know he wants to be hated and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um but he comes up uh, the, the big takeaway the the most important thing about this little moment here is not the not Sawyer's butt crack uh, not uh, his sexual harassment of Kate it's that he has a book on his yes. stuff oh, yeah. Watership Down it's about bunnies uh, mm. I was gonna be super smug about this and like uh, I watched this episode yesterday afternoon and I was like oh Watership Down I've never read that I don't have a job I could probably read Watership Down before we record this podcast episode tomorrow uh, I, I got about 60 pages into it <laughs> Really? That's pretty good, though. It's it's not. Well, and the the so far the part I've read is uh, pretty good, and I'm gonna finish reading it. But it's I mean, it, it's it's uh, I think a little bit more. It's more. It's not only about bunnies. <laughs> In the way that like of mice and men isn't really about bunnies. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's an allegory, JP. It's oh. You know. well, it's it's funny because the the in the description of Watership Down that I was reading before I bought it, it's like, oh, it's an important allegory about survival and like community and banding together and blah, 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 blah. And I'm reading the introduction to the actual book and the author is like, I wrote this story uh, as a, a story to entertain my daughters on a car ride. <laughs> wow. And it's like, oh, oh, so it's not. <laughs> what if the book that it washed up was like. Bet Mittler's autobiography. <laughs> you are the wind beneath my wings. Yeah, it's like, oh, <laughs> did you know that Bet Mittler lived in that Cape Cod for six months before filming Beaches? <laughs> it would have been better if, regardless of what the book was, Sawyer said it was still about bunnies. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got there? Oh, it's a copy of Infinite Jest. Yeah, it's about bunnies. <laughs> it's about bunnies. Are you reading this? Do you Can know you how read? to read? Yeah. <laughs> That, that is a recurring thing, at least in for us. This is now the second time we've seen Sawyer just kind of kicking back, enjoying reading. And if you were to look at him just at face value based on his actions, I'd be like, I don't know if he can read. <laughs> yeah, I know he can read stacks of money. That's right. Yeah. Read this paper. <laughs> oh, God. The, the reason the book is important is we've uh, we come to find out that this book belonged to resident lame-o Boone Carlisle. And you want to talk about a guy who doesn't know how to read. <laughs> yeah, Christ. <laughs> this is, this For is a, sure. Yeah. This is a guy who, unlike Sawyer, who pretends to read because he doesn't want people to know he can't read. Uh, he Boone is the type of guy who's just like, yeah, I can't read. Big fucking deal. Uh, yeah, Delta Thai baby. cow, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, this, so yeah, so Shannon, Shannon is having asthma attacks and Boone suspects that Sawyer has her asthma medication because it was in the luggage mm-hmm. that also contained that book. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they do the fucking thing that we've talked about before in the show where instead of just 
going to Sawyer and asking, hey, did you happen to get that in the luggage? Hey, do you know where this asthma medication is? My sister needs it. She's sick. He just starts fucking rummaging through his stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. He's been watching Jack a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. And Sawyer fucking rightfully beats the Gives shit out of him. a couple. Tunes him up. Yeah, yeah. fuck this guy. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Every time Boone has something bad happen to him, 95% of the time he had it coming. Like, Yeah. No, when, when Boone wanders into the caves, I'll beat the fuck. I'm like, yeah, what did you think was going to happen, Boone? Like, right. Sawyer is like clearly a badass man. Like, look at his hair. Look at his stubble. Well, look, look at And you. he's already like <laughs> separating himself from the group because he doesn't seem to like everybody or he doesn't get along with them. And the, and the feelings reciprocated. Like nobody really likes him either in the first, you know, week and a half that he's been on the island. He hasn't ingratiated himself with the survivors. And so, yeah, the separation is there's a reason there. Yeah. Same with the people on the show. We don't really fucking like him either. So, like, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that he's away. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's one of those things where I think this episode is trying really hard to make you like think that Sawyer is a badass, and it just doesn't stick the landing on no, almost any of the points. Well, because like, it, it, it tries to, I think it tries to ride the fence. It tries to make Sawyer a bit of an anti-hero. Like, yeah, look at all this shitty shit he does and all this stuff. But then we get to the end when we talk about the letter and it's like, oh, but you know, he's got trauma and it's all this, you know, there's there's reasons behind all of his bad behavior and blah, blah, blah. And that and yeah, it, it, it softens the edges of the badassery too much and they don't lean hard into the, the trauma aspect of it. And so, yeah, we get away, we get to the end of it and we're like, no, we still don't like Sawyer, despite the fact that, I mean, yeah, even though he's got all these reasons for being a piece of shit, like, he's still a piece of shit. Yeah. Right. Yeah, 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 yes, yeah. Exactly. So this this leads into the, yeah, Boone is like, he's got the medicine, he gets the shit beat out of him. And so Jack is just like, oh, well, I'm tougher than Boone. I'll go beat the shit out of Sawyer and take it. <laughs> well, but even, even before that, you know, like, Jack, Jack calms Shannon down. Uh, or is that is that the next? I mean, it all kind of like I think it, right. it's like Jack, all around the same point. Yeah, like Jack goes and makes like an initial attempt to get the medicine from Sawyer without yeah. resorting to violence yeah. or or whatever or savagery, as he puts it. But it, it's it's the savages, same thing. He Kate, just not yet. He doesn't even say Sawyer. I need to talk to you about something very serious. He just starts fucking rummaging yeah. through yeah, his yeah, shit. Yeah. Walks into his tent in front of him. Not even, not even like Boone, where Boone waited until Sawyer was away from his stash to go through it. Jack just walks into his tent. Sawyer's sitting there reading the book and just yep, digging through his stuff. Oh well, nice to see you too, Doc. Like, yeah, Jack. Jack always takes everything to a fucking eleven to start, yeah, and then tries to walk it back. And it's like, dude, some fucking diplomacy, maybe, maybe. Uh, but yes. Well, they're not perfect people, man. They're like, they're real. John Locke's fucking perfect. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. <laughs> the thing is, yeah, like most shows, TV shows, movies, whatever, like your characters are never perfect. In this instance, I would have loved to have one perfect character on this show. Fair enough. <laughs> Just one. You got a main cast of 13. Give me one fucking angel. Come on. Yeah. The, I mean, uh, yeah, the thing that... Yeah. <laughs> He he can't be an angel, man. He's fat. There's no fat angels. Oh God. <laughs> um, also, That's that show with Della Reese, right? <laughs> yeah. So the other thing about that scene where where Jack goes to confront him and does it in the worst possible way is right when they're reaching a boiling point. Kate just comes in out of fucking nowhere, <laughs> and it's like, guys, stop. 
And it's like, wh- were you just like waiting? Were you just like, like sitting there? And, like, I'm going to, yeah, it's not yet. It's not yet. Ah, ha, ha. And like, 99% of the time, they're so dismissive of what Kate has to say or what she's doing. Mm-hmm. But in this instance, they're like, oh, we can't fight in front of Kate. And like you said earlier, Mike, Kate's just like whatever the show needs in that moment. Mm-hmm. She's so fucking inconsistent in terms of like, do people care about her? Do they not? Is she invested in people? Is she not? I, I don't know. Kate's just there as a fucking piece of exposition. Yeah. It, like, I got to wonder if the writers like fought. Uh, every time they're like, okay, and Kate enters the scene. What is her first line? Are you boys fighting over little old me? (laughs) (laughs) They're like, no, we can't do that. Let's make it less obvious. (laughs) Well, at at some point, and I don't know if it's after this, like directly after this scene, Jack goes to Kate and Kate says something about how she, uh, Sawyer thinks that they have a connection. Mm -hmm. And Jack's response is to be like, well, do you? <laughs> and it's like, bro, I get that you may be insecure, but like you're a fucking spinal surgeon, you'll be fine. Yeah, like right. Jesus no. Christ. <laughs> well, and and we I, get I to laughed out loud when that happened. Like, it's like, ridiculous. Dude, give me a fucking break. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my the, god. The the entire conflict on the island stems from the fact that no one ever straight up asks Sawyer, do Do you you have have the medicine? Yes. They just ask, where is it? Um, And he's so goddamn stubborn and wants to be a victim, wants to be hated, wants to, I don't fucking know what what he is. Um, It's like all of it. He he wants both at the same time. He wants to be both hated and a victim. uh, So like he he just never corrects them. He's just like, okay, I'll I'll play these fuck fuck games since you all assume that I'm that big of a piece of shit that I would withhold this medicine. Well, I'll just keep letting you play that narrative out. Well, and that's and that he he brings that to their attention finally. Finally, when uh, Jack reaches his boiling point, he's like, all right, well, you know, he's got it. We got to make him talk. Uh, Saeed hears, uh, oh, I think somebody's going to torture somebody. Maybe I should uh, insert myself into the narrative. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, sorry, torture? 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 Anyone? Are you guys talking about torture? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I swore I'd never do this again, but it's so goddamn fun. (laughs) And so, like, uh, Jack enlists Saeed, or Saeed volunteers himself, let's fucking torture Sawyer. And they go and they tie him up to a bamboo tree. And oh, but, uh, but before that, really quick, um, that's when he goes to calm down Shannon. They do that breathing exercise. Yeah. And it's very good. It gets, it gets her calmed down. He's like, uh, and then he says something to Boone, you know, like, don't let her panic. Yeah. Meanwhile, he stands up and he's like, now I'm going to go torture someone. Like, <laughs> right. Fucking 180. Like, oh, I'm so caring. And we, we need to fine. stay calm. It's now gonna I'm going to okay. go be reckless. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, Hurley there being, being the, the good guy. Dude, that was like a Jedi moment. Like, yeah. The, the innocence within him. Oh. I love him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. He just wanted to say Jedi because I could get away with it because Disney owns ABC. Well, I mean, this no, was, this a, was not, way before, yeah. Yeah, this was way before the merger. Oh, I suppose, yeah. I know it's hard to think of a world where Disney didn't own everything, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Back in the Halcyon days. Yeah. Uh, when all our media was not created by one company. <laughs> oh. It's fine. It's okay. I'm, no. I'm sure it'll be okay. It'll. I'm sure yeah. it will. Um, 
so they they uh, drag uh, Sawyer and Jack drag so uh, or Saeed and Jack drag Sawyer off into the woods to torture him. Saeed starts making the uh, the fingernail things, the bamboo shoots. He's like, we didn't have bamboo in Iraq, but we had reeds. Uh, it's basically the same thing. And th- then there's the moment there where they're like, it doesn't have to be this way. Just tell us. And, he, and Sawyer's like, yes, it does. This is how it has to go. And it, he's he's got a point, despite the fact that he's been such a shit heel the entire time. This is the only logical conclusion for this to play out as he people have just been assuming he's the bad guy the entire time it'd be one thing if they would have come to him at the beginning and be like have you seen the medicine you saw the book did you see the inhalers right but they didn't yeah they treated him like nope. the bad guy so he's got to play the bad guy until the end in his head anyway i also this is uh going back to my my larry fong piece of trivia <laughs> out of all out of all of the scenes in this episode the torture scene looks the coolest. Like the set looks really cool, mm-hmm. and yeah. like Sawyer okay. uh, down on his knees looks, you know, super cool. And there, are, uh, even though the the actual like minutia of the scene is kind of ridiculous and stupid, mm. at le- I at least wasn't bored looking at it. Yeah, no doubt it was. Yeah, visually compelling. I would I would agree with you there. Yeah. Um, which leads me to a technical note that I have. I just wrote this in the margin here. Um, This is the opposite of this. This episode has some horrible punching sound effects. Oh, yeah. (laughs) When Sawyer's napping and Saeed goes to kidnap him in from his tent, he wakes up and goes, oh, sneak up on a guy when you're napping. He's like, oh, good morning. And he hits him with what I think is a pipe or a tree branch or a stick, uh, (laughs) some sort of blunt object. But the sound effect that comes with it is not what you'd expect. Then that continues through the rest of the episode. Anytime somebody gets hit, it's just this. It's almost like the same sound effect. And it's just a weird non- punch it's like i don't know um since since we're talking about some some technical stuff i'm gonna bitch about cinematography oh, you want to do a quick this is a, a recurring lost on lost segment called uh, <laughs> jp bitches about cinematography for 45 seconds <laughs> how dare you bitch about my friend larry fong <laughs> <laughs> no the um i was gonna say i really enjoyed the lighting in the pool hall scene the the like ratio that they had on Sawyer's face was fantastic. Uh, and using the the practical fixture in the foreground as the lone shark guys walking around it is really, really good. Um, but we have more island stuff like we do in every fucking episode uh, with shit that is just out of focus. And it's not, it's not because I understand when characters like stand up, sit down, move laterally, you know, whatever, like yeah. there's always times where you might roll focus off. Um, when Charlie is talking to Hurley, he's just 100% out of focus like there's no ifs yeah. or buts about it that, unless that like, was bad enough that i even i noticed it and i was wondering if you were gonna yeah. bring it up so uh also when he says the line i don't have it to kate because his hair is in front of his eyes so it's harder to focus on the eyes they're like focusing on his lips and it's <laughs> his eyes aren't in focus and it's just like i understand production in hawaii and like dealing with exteriors you are limited for how much time you have so rehearsals aren't as prevalent but mm-hmm. still get shit in focus right like it yeah yeah so that th- this has been uh, another segment of jp bitches about cinematography for 45 seconds it's mostly just <laughs> bitching about focus, focus. but like yeah, yeah i <laughs> i want to at some point once we're finished wrapping the show i want to go back and count how many times this segment recurred because yeah just get it in focus there's, fuck there's <laughs> times especially over like the last three episodes where I, I wrote it down as a note and didn't even bring it up in the record because i'm just like i'm not gonna bitch about focus again but i, I, want, I, I want you to continue doing it <laughs> yeah i brought it back for a special occasion just for mike <laughs> thank you you're welcome buddy uh 
Of Christ. Uh, he, uh, so the, the torture happens, uh, and, and the Sawyer's like, you know what? I'm, yes, I, I give up. I give uncle. Uh, I will tell you where the medicine is, but I'm only going to tell her. Uh, Can't even use her goddamn name. There's uh, uh, 20, 20 women on the island that survived. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell her. So they go get her. He's like, oh. well, they knew it wasn't going to be Claire because Claire doesn't fucking do anything. It could have been Rose. Yeah, that's true. God, which one was Rose? She She's the secondary character, the older black woman. Um, oh, who's looking for her husband. Yeah, I love those okay. two. Yep. Yeah, yep. she's fantastic. He's always he's like yeah like I'll tell her and so they go get Kate and he's like how about that kiss it's only a kiss lucky for you I ain't greedy lucky for her you're not a rapist what the fuck man like that's even yeah. like <laughs> I could have yeah. said she, you gotta fuck me and then I'll give you the asthma medication yeah you fucking yeah. suck Sawyer you suck a hundred times over so God. Bad. <laughs> This is absolutely something that just I, I and maybe it maybe it would be in TV today, but like this this specific moment shows how dated some of the show is. Yes, yeah. Where it's just like that shit would never dude, fly today. No, and like it shouldn't fly. Or, like or right. it would. The only way it would fly is it, if it was a line delivered by the big bad painted with the right. evil brush. Like we know from minute yeah. one of this episode, this is the bad guy, and he's gonna end up in jail exactly. by the end of it. He can say that line. Yeah, yeah. not for this sure. guy that we aren't sure if we like or not because all you're doing is making us not like him. <laughs> Exactly. And and really, like, how horny do you have to be? You were just tortured. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, painful enough that you, your stubbornness, like, wore out mm-hmm. and people, and you actually were like, no, stop. And now the first thing that you think of is, I gotta stick my tongue in her mouth. <laughs> like... It's yeah. like, God, you fucking weirdo. Yeah. I, I wrote that as a note. I was like, too much tongue, too fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he knew it was the last thing he was going to get, you know? Yeah. Well, I don't know. The last two episodes, he's gotten some, so. Oh. Right. And then Jack runs into the reeds and is like, did you enjoy that? Like, <laughs> well, Jacks, I, I wrote this down when Saeed is talking about something to the effect of that, you know, uh, Sawyer's probably the one that destroyed the radio. Uh, and Jack says, well, you don't know that. I'm like, well, you also don't fucking know if he has the inhalers, Mr. Presumptuous. Like, right. Decide what your fucking stance is on this guy. Right. right. Are we are we going to assume he's a bad guy or, or are we actually going to find things out? <laughs> Yeah, because it, it, you, I mean, you guys have kind of hit the nail on the head. If and and Grant, I'm sure that was kind of the point of the episode was people treat Sawyer shitty, so that's why he's a shitty person. But if that's the case, the whole thing with the kid in the flashbacks shouldn't be a big fucking deal, right? Yeah, it, it like, shouldn't because, matter. Yeah, and it does. So if he has a conscience, why is the rest of the island stuff taking place? Yeah, right. Yeah, we, it's the the letter. The, the 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 big reveal of the letter or whatever is like uh, Kate's like oh I looked at the letter uh, you when we first talked about the letter the first time that Kate went to try to get the medicine from him he's like read this letter it'll tell you all about me and she reads it I never got oh, but, the, oh go ahead Mike but he does but, but he does it in that stupid Sawyer bullshit dialogue way where he's like he's like don't stop now sweet cheeks and you're just like why do you have to be fucking creepy with her reading a letter. Like, yeah, read it yeah. out loud yeah. for the audience. Yeah. Do it. It's like, oh, you weirdo. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. 
No, but but she she does read it out loud on his insistence, and um, it reads like a child wrote it. At no point yeah. would I have thought like like she's at the end of the episode. She's like, "This letter wasn't written to you; you wrote it." And I was like, "Oh, did we not know that?" <laughs> <laughs> but maybe that maybe that's just like my residual memories of the show seeping into it. But like, I was like, well, "Yeah, he wrote it." Like. That sounds that sounds like a letter written by a child who grows into a forty year old man who can who pretends to read. Right. But, <laughs> but the, the, the whole thing is he he writes this letter so that someday when he reach you know gets to the man that yeah that Mr. Did this to his parents like I I could I I'll let it slide that like maybe he f- he spent so much time thinking about this world of of con men and like catching this one con man that he fell into that world okay i'll i'll let that slide but then to assume the guy's name mm-hmm. as like this guilt thing of mm-hmm. like well, i've i became what i hated so i have to take his name mm-hmm. too that's just i don't know it's childish it's just i it's too much for me to to believe that someone would do that that would be like batman fucking growing up and calling himself the joker and then like oh man i went to fight crime but i found out that i was the guy that fucking holds up people in alleyways now yeah or mike correct me out who who actually killed bruce wayne's parents joe chill Okay. Yeah, that would instead of Batman, he gets it, called. It'd Joe be like Chill. if uh, if uh, Bruce Wayne, as a child, saw his parents murdered by Joe Chill and then grew up to be Mister Freeze. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's very. That, yes, that's better. <laughs> the, my big takeaway from this, and I think this will, uh, we can wrap up the discussion about the on uh, on island stuff. Is um, look, kids. Uh, everybody can benefit from therapy, whether or not you feel depressed or anxious or guilty or shame or anything like that. Even if you consider yourself to be a neurotypical, uh, mentally healthy person, everybody can benefit from therapy. Everybody should go. Everybody should yep. talk to a professional and just see what's going on in the old you know, brain box, because sometimes there's some shit in there that you don't know how to deal with. And I think the poster boy for that is one James Sawyer Ford. Oh, yes. Yep. Because had he had he at some point in his life before uh, falling into this life of crime, tried to deal with some of the stuff that he had going on as a child. Um, fuck, maybe we wouldn't be here. But I understand the <laughs> stigma behind it. And, and I hope hopefully going to therapy and seeking help becomes more destigmatized as time goes by, because it'd be better for all of us to be able to know who we are and, and help each other be a, a better people or whatever. <laughs> That was really beautiful. Was it? <laughs> That's not what I meant to, like, I didn't mean to get all, like, after school special. I just wrote in big letters here. Listen, kids, everybody bear <laughs> benefits from therapy. <laughs> are you are you sitting backwards in your chair right now? Yeah, with my feet up okay. on my desk at the same yeah, time. Cool. Let's, uh, let's talk about the C plot with Charlie and Claire. <laughs> uh, there's... Uh... <laughs> Literally, all I wrote was, this informs why he was such a jerk to Hurley about peanut butter. That's... That's it. Oh, this, so the caves are happening. Like this, uh, this happens pretty early in the show. There's a secondary location away from the beach where the plane, the middle section, has landed. Uh, the caves has fresh water. It's got shelter. It's got whatever. A bunch of people move into the caves. Charlie wants his uh, not girlfriend Claire to move to the caves because he thinks it's be safer. That's where the doctor is. She's prego. She's like, no, I'm, I'm still holding out hope to be rescued. It's only been a week and a half. Like, don't fucking give up. And he's like, no. 
And so he's like, they they talk about the things they miss, food and warm towels. And Charlie's like, I can get peanut butter. And it's like, what fucking intercontinental flight carries jars of peanut butter? (laughs) None. No flights. It's all prepackaged peanuts, uh, prepackaged meals. They're not making PB&J sandwiches in the back at the flight attendant station, like one at a time with a knife and a jar and then cutting the crust off for the ornery passengers. If there Cop, was peanut what butter, if they did? What if, that would be what if like service with a smile. Like, so, so yeah, so this Charlie Claire thing, this Charlie Claire thing, uh, basically leads to Charlie going on a scavenger hunt for peanut butter. He goes to Hurley because he assumes Hurley has got his finger on the pulse of where all the food's stashed. <laughs> Cause he's fat. Cause he's fat. Um, and uh, Hurley calls him on it. So good for Hurley. Yeah. Bad for you, Charlie, for being a dick. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> even even after he apologized, he's like, yes, you're right. That was that was a, a shitty thing for me to say. I am sorry. My my bad, dude. And Hurley's like, okay, apology accepted. And then Charlie just is like, so actually, uh, can you, about that peanut butter though? <laughs> yeah. About that thing I just talked about. But, you know, uh, Hurley's got a good point. You know, you don't gain all of the weight overnight, so you don't lose yeah. it all overnight. Yeah. And he's down he's one down. notch in his belt. He's, good for him. Yeah, good for him. I'm a big guy. It's going to take me a while. Exactly. And yeah, that's it. I was super annoyed with Charlie in that moment. Yeah. Well, the whole the whole thing culminates in basically like an improv comedy exercise <laughs> with... <laughs> With Charlie taking out an empty jar and being like, oh, it's peanut butter, and then, like, pretending to eat it. (laughs) And Claire being like, I guess this is what I'm doing right now. Yes, Um, and I love peanut butter. (laughs) Yeah. No, yeah. That's what it reeked of to me. Okay, so in in the episode uh, in Everybody Hates Hugo, I dunked on Claire uh, for just fucking digging into the peanut butter with her goddamn dirty hands. Dirty island hands, yeah. Right, but now I see like she that was sort of planted in her brain by Charlie, you know, because he's digging his imaginary or his his fingers in the imaginary peanut butter like that. I'm like, can you guys get a fucking like spoon or something? Yeah. I guarantee they're on the plane. An imaginary spoon. Can, right. And another thing, uh, much like the cigarettes, how the fuck did a mason jar make it? <laughs> right. <laughs> Come yeah. on! Yeah. We're going to see see in a later episode that the cigarettes were and Sawyer's letter were in that jar, and that's why nothing's wet. <laughs> or or there, it's like Dharma Initiative cigarettes and Dharma Initiative mason jars. Oh, that'd be oh, great. Man. Oh, yeah. No, that's a, that's a perfect sum up for that, Mike. <laughs> it's like... Huh, I was watching it, and I'm like, you've got to be kidding. It's fine. <laughs> Um, there's one last thing I wanted to bring up sure. um, when uh, Sun helps Shannon with uh, she she sort of gets a bunch of plants and she rubs this like eucalyptus thing on her chest that's kind of like a Vicks vapor rub sort of thing helps her breathe a little bit and Jack fucking kneels down dips his fingers in it smells it and goes huh eucalyptus smart Jack <laughs> fuck you Jack smart son right like, yeah. this has nothing to do to, with you but yeah you didn't think of that how about instead of thinking about yourself and oh why didn't I save somebody be like hey son way to go yeah yeah and and I like that uh, her husband like walks in and sees her clearly helping someone 
like sees his wife clearly helping someone and is still like yep. and then like walks away it's like what the fuck oh and there's a there's a moment between him and uh harold Purnu. uh i forget his character michael name. michael michael where like he jim looks at him and michael is like don't just don't <laughs> yeah and i'm like dude he doesn't understand you right like oh uh, yeah there's so much stuff yeah and and yeah, early Jin man, early Jin is like it 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 it, it, uh, it helps with Jin's character art because I he's one of the characters that probably grows the most over the course of the show. But it's because he starts from such a lame place, like just being this domineering, overbearing right. husband, and mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, Jin, yeah, Jin for sure, and all that. Um, the episode wraps up with uh, Saeed accidentally stabbed Sawyer in the arm. <laughs> Uh, and I oh say accidentally God, because yeah. he probably intended to stab him in the heart. <laughs> probably. But but, but Saeed's like, I did a shitty thing. I need to be punished. If nobody's going to punish me, I'm going to punish myself. I'm exiling myself for X. He doesn't say I'm leaving forever. He's just like, I'm going to go get away from everybody and I'm going to go map the island. Uh, and he and he, he walks off. So Saeed's, Saeed's going into self-exile. That's pretty much it. Uh, should we get into the, uh, the end of the episode uh, bits here? Let's do it. All right. Uh, the question that we now need to ask ourselves is, did we like it? Was it good? Uh, Mike, what do you think? Uh, I am going to say no. This episode was not good. Inconsistent characters and honestly, like a main story and flashback that I, I guess I could have taken or, le- or left. Not my favorite, uh, but also not the worst. Okay. So I, I would put it somewhere in the middle. All right. Cool. Busher. Did you like it? Uh, I think I'm probably gonna land in the same camp as Mike. I don't know. I don't think necessarily think it was great. I don't at this point anyway. Really, I don't need Sawyer's character origin uh, that much, especially as weird as it is. I like I like the stuff. And this has happened a couple of times. I like the stuff that the side character is getting into, like actually going about yeah. the business of surviving. Mm-hmm. Totally. But we don't get to focus on that. The and so yeah. Eh. Yeah, I would say probably not. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Uh, what do you think, JP? Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat as you guys. Like in all the other episodes where we deal with, you know, I mean, almost every episode has had some sort of flashback uh, component to it, and um, they always try to juxtapose themselves to what is happening on the island mm-hmm. to sort of inform you why characters make these decisions. And I I fucking don't understand Sawyer even more now because. I think that so much of his shit was poorly written and poorly constructed that I'm like, I, I don't fundamentally understand his drive and his motivation. And it, it just fell kind of flat on its face. Sure. Yeah. Lost MVP, our favorite character of the episode, uh, detached from any other context we might have about it. Mike, who is your lost MVP for Confidence oh, Man? Oh, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to say the kid. Because he had to do the least amount of stuff in the episode. So he walked away the cleanest. <laughs> the fucking the Dead Zone work. kid? Yeah. Oh, okay. That that's that's my right hook for you for for, for this one. Also, if you want to do like the main cast, um No, I you don't have Sun, to. Don't feel obligated. No, 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 no. I just I, I got one now. <laughs> okay. Um Sun Sun comes out the best. She comes out looking like the best she always person. does. Yeah, she's her only goal in this episode is to help somebody who's who's sick. Yeah. So yeah. she 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 gets my my real MVP. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds great. Uh Adam. Uh yep. It's Sun. 
circumventing the drama, doing the work, doing the keeping to the business of keeping people alive, keeping people as healthy as she can. She's out. She's smart. She's effective. Son. Yeah. Give it up. Yep. Uh, JP. Uh, the truly just always selfless, always dad energy, Whitland man, John Locke. Uh, <laughs> Hey man, I'm making I'm making some some spikes over here. Hey, making, Saeed, yeah. you, you need a knife to uh, you need a knife to defend yourself. You take you take this special knife. You take John Locke's special special knife. I want you to be okay. That fucking energy, man, John Locke. God bless you, him. Yeah. Get the fuck Did, out he of didn't, here. He, he didn't he didn't he didn't give him like a whole. I just thought about that. He just gave him the knife. Yeah. He didn't give him like the no means sheath. to carry it. Yep. <laughs> Hey, give it's, give a man a sheath, and he he whittles for a day to te- teach a man to sheath, and he stabs a man in the arm. Uh, I want that. I want that on my tombstone. <laughs> God damn! Uh, lost forever. Least favorite character of the episode, regardless of context, whatever else you may know about where they go or what they do. Mike, who is your lost forever? Uh, definitely, definitely the uh, like the the grifter guy that tries to intimidate Sawyer, like <laughs> just doesn't yeah. just doesn't need to be in the episode. Uh, and even if he is in the episode and is forced to be there, I'm never intimidated. I'm never like I never get to the point where I feel like Sawyer's got this sort of ticking clock mm. behind him. Uh, I yeah, I could totally do without him. Nice, uh, Adam. Uh, what do I got? I got uh, uh, Charlie. Charlie for being fat phobic. He's a fucking dick to Hurley. <laughs> Put a bad taste in my mouth. The second that he started being like that, I just I couldn't hardly look at him anymore. Fucking Charlie, get get it together, bro. Nice. Uh, JP. Uh, Michael. Um, <laughs> learn how to gut a fucking fish, my guy. Like. You're doing it while holding it out like it's like this sacrificial thing. Like you've been on the island for more than a day. Now you got fish guts all over the place. Like it's gonna stink. You're already in a cave. It is gonna stink. in the cave. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Watch the other people that are fucking gutting fish and just do what they do. Yeah. Good point. For Good sure. Fucking making a point. fucking mess. Uh, Mike, did you have a burning question? Something that was uh, a question that was raised in the episode that did not get answered by it. The the biggest one that I have is because it's been so long since I've seen the show. I want to know where Saeed's going. Nice. Yeah. I want to. I want, I want to know where he's going to end up at the, uh, and hopefully, you know, it gets answered in the, I'm sure it gets answered in the first right. season. That's, but, that's mine as well. I'm just like, ooh, I wonder what side quest fun he gets on right now. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a super good question. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Adam, do you have any burning questions? Uh, I didn't really have one. Um, yeah. Just because I, as I was going through this, um, anytime a question came up, I was, I've sort of been like remembering the answers to the questions that I was asking myself. So I didn't, <laughs> sure. I, I, I didn't necessarily in this one, um, but, but I agree with you guys that I don't remember specifically where Saeed goes. So that's uh yeah, that's a, that's a, I would be very interested to see what, uh, what happens there as well. Uh, so cool. That is confidence, man, y'all. Uh, Mike, let's do a quick plug. You've got a show. Uh, Mike and his friend, our friend, your friend, Noah Totsky, host Nuke It From Orbit, a bi-monthly podcast for movie watchers. Uh, you guys kick off each show by recapping what you've been watching or re-watching, and then on your main segment, you throw a movie into the crater, never to be seen again. Um, Nuke It From Orbit is riotously funny. It's filled with trivia jokes, references. Um, you have guests on, like... Uh, Kevin from Trailer Hitch, and uh, Lost on Lost's own J.P. Russell. 
Uh, folks can find you on Facebook at uh, Nougat from Orbit Podcast, and you can be heard on all the podcatchers, Spotify, Stitcher, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Mike, anything to add? Check us out. Uh, we we put up an episode every other week. Um, sometimes we'll put out specific, like, special episodes if there's, like, a big movie coming out or something like that. We've done uh, one commentary track for Batman versus Superman, uh, which is three hours long. So if you want to listen to that while you're driving somewhere, go ahead. Uh, but, yeah, otherwise, just check the show out. Awesome. Excellent. Thank you, Mike, for being on. Uh, we would love to have you back in the future if you had a good time. Of course. And we would also love to uh, sometime in the future have both you and Noah on together as a pair for oh, um, fuck yes. For one of our, du- our special double length episodes. So, uh, we'll, oh, sure. Yeah, we'll all course. get fucking hammered on Schlitz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if you at home are trying to be lost with us, please check out our next episode. We will be watching season two, episode 17 lockdown and jp i know you've been looking forward to this it's our first lock centric episode oh fuck yeah i'm visibly (laughs) excited (laughs) i went from six to midnight real quick (laughs) (laughs) all right well thank you for listening to this episode of lost on lost i'm adam i'm jp do you have any idea what's going on on this show no me neither Lost on Lost is produced and edited by Adam Busher and J.P. Russell. Recorded on location in Milwaukee, Wisconsin and Los Angeles, California. Our show is hosted at Podbean. Find us there or wherever you find your podcasts. Thanks to Danny Schmitz of Lost in a Name for our theme music. Lostpedia and the community of contributors there. Random.org for creating the watch order. Check out our Facebook page, Lost on Lost, or find us on Twitter and Instagram at Lost on Lost 1. Don't follow those jerks at Lost on Lost 2. You can also email us at wearelostonlost at gmail.com. If you like what we're getting into here, buy us a coffee at coffee.com slash we are lost on lost. That's ko-fi.com slash we are lost on lost. 